Good brunch, Hello. everybody. Good brunch. Hello. Welcome How's to Nurse going? Coffee Talk. I need to um, exercise my vocal cords. <laughs> me, 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 me. I, 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 I. <laughs> like from, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Gina Lanetti Spaghetti Confetti. Gina Lanetti Spaghetti Confetti. <laughs> Don't watch that show, but, but yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. We used to do like the, go through all the vowels, so it was like... A A A A A A A and I'm sorry for all of you I can't sing for for anything so <laughs> sorry I just put you through that that's terrible when we used to do um like the backstage tech uh-huh. we would stand outside the room where they were warming up for the musicals and we would oh, sing yeah. along <laughs> and eventually we were asked to not do that anymore <laughs> they were too like loud, you're you're backstage for a reason <laughs> too, too off key get the hell out of here we just wanted to be included go paint some sets okay go paint some sets and <laughs> not, get not that there's here. anything wrong with set painting it's very important it was so, so much fun <laughs> we had a ball um well hey we have a fun topic today but before we get to it um we did have a um an interesting email that i wanted to highlight um because we we got a lot of feedback from you guys but this one was uh particularly enchanting because they were yelling at us about our improper use (laughs) no she no i'm just kidding no we like to learn and we like to improve behavior yeah she wasn't yelling at us at all she was very she was so nice about it very (laughs) sweet about it um but uh, she was letting us know that uh, mid-level provider is a derogatory term, es- essentially. So I wanted to read her email because not only does it bring light to the advanced practice provider role, ah, ah, you see what I did there? APP mm-hmm. role, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, like it, um, uh-huh. But also, it does kind of confirm everything that I was saying, which means I'm right again. Oh. God, we love being right. So I just want to let you know, um, uh, A, A wrote us in and says, well, first of all, she says how much she loves the podcast, which is always a plus. We love to hear that. Um, But she says, I do want to bring to your attention that the term mid-level, quote unquote, is now considered an insulting term for NPs. I am one of those NPs you described that has been nursing for decades, and I don't practice in a middle of the road or mediocre fashion that is suggested by this term. Just asking you to check out AANP and see why we need to move away from that term so we aren't denigrating our own. As for needing experience before doing NP training, totally agree. I am a chief nurse and do not hire NPs who do not have significant experience as an RN. So for all of you people who want to run right into nurse practitioner school... It's not a good idea. Don't do it. Not a good idea. Um, And then she goes on to say, I also agree that residencies are required. I just started an NP residency this year, and I then have the ability to make sure they get high-quality training. If the resident is solid, then he or she will be considered for a job. Even then, they will be mentored for another year. For the record, I do live in a state with full practice authority, but don't agree with NPs starting full out as independent practitioners. From a clinical perspective, not licensure perspective, because we need to be free of being under the thumb of physicians. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Then she goes on to say, online programs? 
We don't take NP students for clinicals from for-profit schools or fully online schools. We take, I know, we take students from our state universities or select hybrid programs with a high standard because we have seen a difference in the caliber of student. PAs. I bet they have. I know. I bet they have too. PAs. You can be an English major, go to PA school for 24 months, and then start practicing. That's why we need RNs to practice for several years. Experience matters. And then she just tells me again how right I am. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, (laughs) But then she yells at me for using mid-level provider. So, anyway. Um, That's uh, an awesome, awesome point. I know. So, A, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, We do always appreciate the feedback. We can't, we cannot be masters of all knowledge, A. So, thank you for bringing it to our attention. And uh, hopefully you are all aware now that we are not using the term mid-level provider. Um, We can use NP, nurse practitioner, or advanced practice provider, Um, which all makes sense. But, I am super interested in all the things that she said because, you know, we talked pretty extensively in the mid-level provider episode about how much experience matters. And I just, I I really, honestly, I can't believe the board hasn't stepped in at this point and said, like, you have to have some level of experience. I completely agree, especially because we as a, I was just talking about this with my parents because my dad... I believe he did like an ADN RN and then was paid by his hospital to go back for CRNA back okay. when that was a thing. Got oh. stipend to go back to school. Nice. And then my mom did ADN to RN to BSN to JD. So she's had a different journey. But we were talking about like the different levels and all these and all these different you know qualifications and all these different um, criteria and everything. And, and my mom was saying like it is wild how even since she was a nurse, but especially since her mom was an army nurse, the way that nursing has rebranded itself. And that's still happening constantly. And we see that happening all the time. You know, it's not a pink collar job. Mm-hmm. If we want to be taken seriously now everywhere with any kind of like decent reputation, you need a BSN to be magnet. Who knows what's going to happen next with that. And so naturally in the progression, nurse practitionership is going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree that, like, we should really be actually separating ourselves, and not to be snotty about it, but maybe separating ourselves from the NPPA alignment and be elevating our co-workers. What do you mean, separating ourselves? What do you mean? I think that that PAs and NPs often are grouped together, and we group them together in in our episode. But she's right. Like, you can be an art history major and then go learn some science and be like, okay, I can prescribe now. Right, yeah. Which now they're under a doctor in a different way, right? So they have somebody overseeing them, which most nurse practitioners do not. And I, I guess based on her email, it sounds like it depends on your state. So, yeah, and like my unit, for example, we're an APP driven team, mm-hmm. but it's a mixture of PAs and NPs. Although I do know that they ch- try to hire more NPs, um, just well, anecdotally because it's less expensive than a doctor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, but not no doctors. The the attending overseas and then below is the NP PA team that gotcha. like runs the show, basically. Gotcha. So it's interesting. But you're right. I guess even in that situation, you have an NP working under a physician, which maybe should not be the case. Maybe the NP right. should be their own. Like technically they yeah. do have to have their notes co-signed. Depends on the state. It depends on the state. Right. right. 
So, you know, that's that's another thing is that it shouldn't depend on the state. It shouldn't. It should not depend on the state. This should be like a federal thing. Like either nurse practitioners can practice on their own or they can't. Um, and you know, I, mean, I feel that way about nursing in general. You, I don't think we should have state licenses. No, I, I don't either. For everywhere, absolutely. Well, especially with the number of travel nurses and how many, yeah. how many things are in the, how many states are in the compact state now. So if you get one of those, you can go to like seventeen or eighteen states. And you know, if you're not in a compact state, so you get you get one license for one state. And I know plus, I have like, several licenses, and none of them are in a compact state. Right, I know I'm with you too. Well, and because also the CEs require to maintain all of those state licensures is ridiculous. Not only that, but the fees. Oh my God, the fees. I know. Well, and and it's like for for um, lawyers, okay, we have state laws. So like that's, I get, I'm behind that in a different way. I'm not learning the individual laws of the state that I'm practicing in, in the same way. Well, that being said, though, but there are differences because right now I work in two different states and like there's differences even in like the restraint documentation requirements between the two. Yeah, but like if you can complete, if you can have just like a countrywide license and then the CEUs maybe for your individual state could be strict. Yeah. Instead of having having to be endorsed over to a different state every time you want to do anything. Or maybe we could just have the same federal laws for restraint documentation. Well, that's a good point. I'm sure CMS <laughs> would agree with that. Well, it would make everybody's job a lot easier. Yeah, it sure fucking would. You know, the other thing I wanted to bring up is I have met two people in the last week that are going to get their associates. They already have bachelor's degrees and they're going to get their associate degree in nursing. And then they're already like they have. I'm sorry, back up. They have bachelor's degrees in a different field. Uh-huh. They're going to get their associate degree in nursing, and then they're moving directly on to the master's of nursing for clinical nurse leader without practicing in between. <gasps> so can you tell me... Who's is going to hire them? It is in the name, clinical nurse leader. How are you going to be a clinical a clinical nurse leader when you've never spent a day on the floor? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, hands down. I know. I... like. I, the first I'm blown that, away by that. The, the judgment fir- of that is insane. <laughs> the first person that told me that that was their plan to do that, I tried talking her out of it, and I was like, I was like, no, that's silly. Why would you want to do that? Like, you need to go get experience. And she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm just gonna go right into it. You get experience while you're there, and I'm like, Babe, oh my god, no one is gonna hire you. You were there to teach the unit how to do things. Oh my god. What the fuck are you talking about? That That's like getting your master's to be a clinical instructor when you've never worked on the floor. Well, but that's also, like, not even just that, but, like, a clinical nurse leader, that's, like, a high-level master's position. Yes. And, like, it's not like I have my master's as well, but, like, I'm not a clinical nurse leader. Like... I'm, I just have my be? master's in nursing. Well, I okay, I could be, but that, I would still have to get a certification for that. Yeah. Either way, I'm just a master's of science in nursing nurse, right? So I just don't... This I don't is probably underst- not useful energy on my part, but I am deeply offended by that. <laughs> I well, can you, can you imagine asinine. being like a 10-year nurse and essentially no. like somebody who's never worked a day on the floor comes in and is like, hi, I'm... Uh, what's a young person's name? Ashlyn. I'm Ashlyn, and I'm going to be your clinical nurse leader. Sorry, Ashlyn. I spell my name world. with two Y's and three N's. 
Capital L. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Sorry, <sighs> Ashlyn. We love Sorry, you. Ashlyn. Don't go be a clinical nurse leader Don't without any experience. Don't do it, Ashlyn. It's not appropriate. Stay away, girl. You can't be a leader if you haven't done the thing. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. So, that I, I could not believe it. And then I was at work the other day, and there was a... There was um, a nursing student there, and I was like, oh, you know, what are you working on? She's like, oh, I'm working on my CNL. And I was like, your CNL? And she's like, clinical nurse leader, master's program? I was like, oh, where'd you work before this? She's like, oh, I haven't. And I was like, okay. Okay. I guess. Okay. Let me teach you how to put in a fully. Jesus. I know. There's a CNS student. Um, shadowing the CNS on my floor right now, mm-hmm. doing his clinical there. Um, and our CNS on my unit, she's incredible. She's mm-hmm. amazing. And that, I always worked night shifts, so in a way, so I never saw, if my units even ever had one, I wouldn't really know about <laughs> it because I did not see them. Of course. Um, I feel like after I had left bedside is when my former unit maybe got one. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So I never really worked with one like that. And then mm-hmm. I met this woman um, and her counterpart for the unit upstairs and we're, we're kind of like one big unit. And mm-hmm. they are incredible. And they're like specialized in wound care. Mm-hmm. So they do it. They do all that kind of stuff. And like they do so much work and they have an enormous clinical knowledge base and they are a, like incredibly amazing resources. Yes. As a clinical nurse specialist should be. Absolutely correct. So. Like, oh, my God. Well, the, I mean, the guy that's shadowing her looks like he's about 15 years old. So I don't know how much experience <laughs> well, he has. Well, that's but... because we're getting older and they're staying the same age. <laughs> that's exactly right. I know how it's possible. <laughs> I know. They're so little. I know. Can you believe they even see over the steering wheel of a car? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Ashlyn, sit on a phone book. Please. It's not just, safe. We're just kidding. Ashlyn has, like, unfriended us now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know who Ashlyn is, but... I don't know her. She, she hates us. <laughs> but anyway... So I just wanted to bring that up because I think we are doing, I I will reiterate from what I said on the earlier podcast is that we are doing a huge disservice to the nursing profession in not having these types of requirements. And I think, I think the board is just really dropping the ball on this. I, it's unreal to me that this is going on. I really want to meet whoever's hiring a CNL with, who doesn't have experience. That would I be want to talk to that person. Yeah, it would because be because that's insane. I know. Well, my mom has told me extensively because she's worked in HR for most mm-hmm. of her career about these higher up people who work, you know, administrative, the, the C-suite level people, sure. who a lot of them have a nursing background in some way, whether it's RN or, or a degree of some kind, whatever. But ultimately, like, obviously stepped away from that and climbed the ranks in administration. Mm-hmm. And either they're deeply removed or never even participated in it to begin with. And then mm-hmm. they're running the show and they don't have any insight right. into what really is going on. And they either have to rely on other people to tell them or they just think that they know everything. I do not want to be encouraging anybody to be headed towards that track. That's insane. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, and the other the other thing is we've talked a lot of times about how far removed nursing administration is from the from front staff members and mm-hmm. I don't know how you I don't know how you close that gap. I don't know how you maintain it really. I mean, you, yeah. the expectation that they would have to still because it changes so fast. Yeah. 
You know, I, I have known people who have worked part-time to maintain their skills, but you mm-hmm. if you work a full-time job, that's not a reasonable expectation. Right, certainly. The reason that you have climbed the ranks is so that you don't have to do that, you know, and you have, rely on the people below you to do those things. Well, I disagree with that statement in that I don't think everybody climbs the ranks to get away from bedside nursing. Some people climb the ranks because they want to make bedside nursing better. And, yeah, but and, they don't necessarily still want to do it. If they wanted to do it, they would do it. I don't know. I don't know. All right. You don't have to. It's okay. Everyone's <laughs> motivation is going to be different. Well, that's true. I'm, I mean, that's a sweeping declaration. I just have known a lot of people who have done it, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Well, anyway, this topic today is about uh, nurses make the terrible patient. Nurses. What is it? Nurses. Nurses make, make take- the worst patients. The worst patients or terrible patients. Mm, Whatever. That's a sweeping declaration as well. They're definitely not the worst because we've had plenty of worst patients. <laughs> as but they're annoying. By they make episode. annoying patients and they make annoying family members. N- yes. Nurses make the most annoying family members. <laughs> Nurses make the most annoying patients. And we can both attest to the fact that we fall into that category. Same. And what I've been thinking about as I've been tr- like thinking of different stories that would be good to tell, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, we have some strong personalities and some strong opinions about etiquette and how you know nurses should be treated when they're at work and different things like that so what's what happens in our like monkey brains that completely shift that priority of understanding away into craziness and like i like to think that i'm not a lunatic i mean maybe i am i don't know i can't (laughs) i'd have to really reassess that but some of the people that i was thinking about telling the stories i mean they're so inappropriate it's just crazy well spill the tea girl so my first thought was this patient who had been a long-term patient of ours and he was very sick, always had been. Every time I saw him, he had a different tube. He was just one giant fistula and um, Mm. cancer and surgeries and just so, so, so sick and unwell. And um, he had two daughters who were nurses on one of our other units in the hospital. And so we didn't, at, at night, we didn't talk with them because of course they worked day shift. So, um, you know, they weren't coming in the middle of the night, but they would regularly, both the daughters, they, they hated us and hated the care we were providing, which is silly because we provided excellent care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously it's projection cause they are so upset about that. Their dad is so sick and like, no sure. one's going to treat them the way that you think you're dead. You know what I mean? Like it's, right. it's just a standard that's not reachable, right. but they would go into his chart. And they would look at what had been done and what had been documented. And they would tell, I think these were the ones that I think would tell the doctors on rounds or whatever, that they saw that something wasn't documented right, or that the eyes and nose weren't X, Y, Wait, and Z. Wait, how, how is this not HIPAA violation right I now? I mean, it a thousand percent is. A thousand percent. Was, so, wait, was this like, um, was, I can't even think of the word I'm looking for. Um, like when, re- reported? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm um, an idiot. I mean, ah. <laughs> it's okay. Ashlyn, you've gotten into my head. <laughs> I know that we did talk about it. I don't know what came of it, mm-hmm. if anything. Maybe no one had the guts to, to make something happen of it. I don't know. Because that would have been immediate firing, I'm pretty sure. So Absolutely. Well, the fact that they weren't even like hiding it. No. They were being really obvious and trying to get people into trouble and stuff. And I don't remember anything ever coming from it. Like, the doctors know that we're doing what we need to be doing. And there's a medical justification for every choice that we make. Right, sure. So, I I remember we went, to, a lot, bunch of us went to his funeral because we had taken care of him for so long. Um, 
And the daughters were just, like, staring daggers at all of us the whole time. Oh, my God. And at the time, I was, like, irritated by it. And then later, I was like, well, they had to go somewhere with the grief. Whatever. I, that's fine. We went to yeah. go pay our respects. We got a lovely note from his wife. Like, you know, live and let live. But mm-hmm. it was one of my first exposures to not just, like, nursing family, but, like, people who technically were my co-workers. You know, they worked on a different unit, but, like, we worked at the same mm-hmm. hospital. And guess right. what? We're all nurses together. Like, it's not like you're a superior. Right. Oh, man. That is wild. That is wild. I have, there's, oh, so many things about that. That is, I know. that is I terrible. Know. I know. I think that is kind of, like, the epitome of terrible. Because it's one thing, like, I, I know I told the story of, like, when my dad was in the hospital with AFib on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I was, like, going to the, like, nurse station saying, well, you know, he's converted. Now you might want to get an EKG. And, like, I'm sure that was, like, probably inappropriate. But at the same time, it's like, you know, who's paying attention to him? Because what would you be doing if I weren't here? You know, and I'm... Right. You know, it is interesting dynamic to be on the other side of that because when you're a nurse, like, for example, obviously everybody in the world knows I'm an ER nurse and we are extremely busy and ER is very task oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you kind of like, I cluster my care, right? So I might go into a patient's room. um, I might wait until the doctor sees them and puts in orders and then I'll get everything yeah, I need. So I'll get, done. yep. Yeah. I'll get everything that I need for IV. I mean, it depends. Like if they are chest pain, obviously different situation. I go in there first, but if they're like abdominal pain, some, it could go either way. So I'll wait till the doc goes in, puts in the orders. And then I take in my meds, everything for my IV. I'll go in there. I'll assess the patient. I'll get them on monitor if I need to. I'll start the line. I'll draw the blood. I'll medicate them. And then I, honestly, I might not see them again for two hours. Because I'm doing those same things in other patients' rooms. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not for not wanting to, like, check in. And I really do genuinely try to poke my head in if I'm walking by the room and be like, hey, how's everything in here? But sometimes you just can't even poke your head in because you know they just, like, grab onto you and they're like, well, we need A, B, C, D, and E. And you're like, oh, I don't have time for that. Yeah, know. And so you'd rather, like, avoid than just go in there. So I understand trying to look at the other side of that and be like, okay, well, if I were the family member in my patient's room and I hadn't seen my nurse in two hours, you know, I would be like, what the hell is going on, you know? I mean, the thing about your dad specifically is that he was there for an arrhythmia. New, right? Yes, new. 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 So that's, like, extra scary. Mm -hmm. I mean are you not checking the telly of your other patients who might be having a STEMI or something? Like, it's not, you know, vague abdominal pain where it's like, well, they're waiting for a CT and, like, unless something catastrophic happens, they're chill to wait. Like, this is a patient yeah. with a new arrhythmia on telemetry. Like, if you didn't notice that he converted a half hour ago, like, I feel concerned about that. Yeah. Which I, I did. the same thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, you don't want to be annoying, but you also want to be like, Mm, please care for my dad. <laughs> yeah, right. But don't care. But don't. But when you're a family member, don't care too much because I'm so relaxed. <laughs> I know. But what really gets me is like you know when any of my family members, extended family, whatever, are in the hospital. If I go there, everybody's like, "Oh, this is this is um our daughter Jamie, and she's a nurse," and I'm just like. And you're like, oh, uh, uh, why? Don't be like that. I yeah. know. Don't do that. 
well, then, and then, every, and then I like, just cringe, you know? I'm like... Totally. Oh. Well, and everyone can't help themselves. Oh, our daughter-in-law is an orthodontist. Oh, okay, that has nothing to do with this. Thanks. <laughs> I know. Great. Well, if he needs um, a root canal, I'll call you. <laughs> well, and come to find out, a lot of people who say they're a nurse or whatever they may say are not really that thing. MAs? Yeah, MAs or a nurse at an outpatient that is certainly just as valid as anything, but maybe can't quite know what I'm talking. You know, like, so then you try and relate to them at a nursing level and they're looking at you like you have three heads and you're like, oh, so you're not totally right, like, like I, me. I can't speak medical. Like, if you're a nurse, I should be able to speak medical lingo to you. Yeah, if, right. But I can't tell you the amount of MAs and CNAs that have said that they're a nurse mm-hmm. or that they're um, in medical school. <gasps> and then, so then you start talking to them and then you and find out they're an MA about. or a CNA. And you're like, first of all, why are you saying that you're something you're not? Like, do you, do you think that it's not going to be found out immediately in the setting that we're in right now? We're I not just, at a bar. But why, but why do you feel the need to? I, I think I they and, probably think, well, they'll be taken more seriously. But not when we find out that you're lying about it. I don't know, but it's odd. It's odd to me because of all the professions that I run into as visitors at the bedside, I find the MAs the most annoying because I don't know if it's because most MAs like work in a clinic and they kind of have some level of autonomy. I I don't know, but like mm-hmm. they act like they know everything and they say that they're nurses. And I'm like, but you're not a nurse. You're not. Well, you know what gets me going, too, is I work with a lot of different vendors. And a lot of different types of vendors, they, through whatever product they're selling, have learned, like, buzzwords. And Mm -hmm. they've learned a, a few details about whatever bodily function is impacted by Mm -hmm. the device that they're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. And so they'll say things like I met with this rep um, who works for one of the pulmonary hypertension manufacturing companies. Mm -hmm. Um, And she like whipped out a booklet and started explaining to us what pulmonary hypertension is and how all the different meds work. And she was like, stop me at any time if I'm going over stuff that you know. And I was like, well, I mean, we are all nurses here, so we do know what's your background in? She's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, sales and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So, like, not <laughs> not that she doesn't know things about the specific thing. I mean, she, clearly right. she knows enough to read the book. Does she understand it? Um, I'm TBD. Right. I, don't, I don't really know about that. She probably understands a little bit of it. But, like, yeah. I was kind of like, I don't... Yeah, just tell me about the meds. You don't have to, like, give me an... A path of lesson. Right, Yeah. yeah. I don't know it's, either. It's really kind of annoying. Stop though. pretending, everybody. It's annoying. <laughs> just be who you are. Just be who you are. It's fine. <laughs> and speaking of being who you are, nurses are the worst visitors. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I actually thought about this. Technically, he wasn't a nurse, but I just thought it was outrageous. So I'm going to tell you. Okay. Um. I guess technically it's not a HIPAA thing because this guy was the PCP of the patient. And he had access to Epic, wherever outpatient clinic he worked, and he would look up what was what we were doing and what and ordering for his patient while the patient was admitted to my unit, and would like call the nurses' station to scream at them. That's so beyond ridiculous. 
And the second time it happened, I was there when the nurse got the call and I advised her to hang up. Yeah. Which she did. And, um, I went and got, and this is not even my business at all, but I was so pissed. I went and got the nurse manager and the attending. I was like, y'all need to figure this out. Right. Give me a break. The PCP has the right to look at the chart and stuff. Totally. But he doesn't have to write the call and scream at the nurses who aren't even ordering these things. Well, no doctor has that right. Let's be honest. Yes, exactly. And second of all, but he doesn't have the authority to order anything because he doesn't have admitting privileges. And if he did, he'd be admitting his own patient. Right. So if you want to have a conversation with the uh, with attending to attending, right, and say like the, this is my patient, this is what we typically do, this is how it be managed, that's a whole other story. But well, I followed up with the attending later, uh-huh. and I was like, "Hey, how did that conversation go?" And he was like, "Uh, I mean, literally, we are dealing with this patient because this guy can't manage the complexity of the disease, <laughs> and like, not to be a dick about it, but like, butt out, like you are not included in this for a reason. Shut up, you don't even know what you're talking about." Right? Was this the doctor that's always one comment away from getting fired? It sure was. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> sure was. My boo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my god, so funny. Yeah, I, uh, let's see, what else did I have family members? Oh, nurses as patients. I find, I will say, I find that most nurses as patients don't necessarily divulge that they're nurses. No, I do feel a little intimidated when I know that they are. Yes, but why? Like, I want to be on my absolute best behavior. I know, but why, but aren't we always on our best behavior? Well, no, we're not. So that's the lesson. We should absolutely pretend like every patient's a nurse. Like, look at me scrub this port for 30 full seconds <laughs> I while know. I make awkward eye contact with you. See, but now they have those swab caps. You can just throw those on and you're good to go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but that brings me to an interesting point, uh, which has nothing to do with nurses. Well, I guess nurses being patients. How do you feel about giving nurses like vip treatment are they employees or yes just a nurse they're employees. employees i mean i think we can treat our employees well if they're admitted to the hospital i think that's fair yeah um but what do you mean by vip treatment like- i just mean like okay beds are super tight it's flu season who gets the yeah, private room private. yeah totally. you know like uh, just that kind of stuff i mean Here's what I'll say. Um, And this is, like, purely subjective because I know what I would want. Well, Um, we all know know, what we would want, and we all know what we would want in being admitted to our own facilities. Yeah. So a lot of jobs have amazing perks. Mm -hmm. Most jobs have really cool perks. Mm -hmm. You're traveling, and you're flying business class, or you're going to cool conferences. I mean, whatever the fuck. Like, of everyone, you know, I talk to all these people... And they all have these interesting jobs and they do have all these like cool perks. I'm like, the fuck? Like, they, you know, expense accounts and they're doing this and that and the other thing. Great. Fine. There aren't that many perks to working in a hospital. You don't get any snow days. You got to show up rain or shine. <laughs> you're working a ridiculous hours. Like, you're work- You're having mandatory overtime. Like, all sorts of wild shit going on. Mm-hmm. You're expected to be there all the time. Like, no breaks. X, Y, and Z. Whatever. So, like, can't w- the one and only perk be that, like, you get a private room if you have to be admitted to the hospital? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's true. You make a good point on that. I guess we don't really get any perks at all. We don't even get good health insurance. 
I didn't know that I felt passionately about this until you brought it up, and now I've <laughs> formed a strong opinion. <laughs> well, you make you make a good case for it. I mean, but you're right, though, from an objective point of view. Like we it, we know what the what the beds need, and it's not right. to have people who don't need them have privates. Right. I know. Yeah. I just, I just, I can't stand. Well, you told that story the one time about a doctor who was like getting all bent out of shape because she wanted a specific room for her patient or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but let's just get them onto the floor and then oh, we can God, make, yeah, you know, like just, that. just stuff like that. Like, like, like we can make the changes. Like you, you're keeping her in the outside hospital ER for two days because we don't have the specific room you want. Get yeah. fucked. What are you talking about? Right. So, I don't know, like, if that were a hospital employee, would we be like, yep, okay, we'll switch everybody around, and I don't know. Yeah, like, I how far, how far do you go? I don't know. Right. Well, my hospital has a special wing that you pay out of pocket for, like a hotel, and it's, like, fancy. Really? Yeah. How have we never talked about this before? I don't know. I'm amazed that that hasn't come up. Um, and, like, the big VIPs and the big donors and stuff will pay to be there. Oh my god. So do they Can get you like fathom being a nurse on that unit? That would be No. Agony. It would be Did you say agony? Yes. Oh my god, there's no way. I'd be like No. I mean, unless there's a significant pay increase to work there. Oh my god, bowing and scraping for all these VIPs. Oh my gross. god. They have a chef up there. I mean, it's wild. Oh. So we had a patient over there that we had to follow because normally we don't. They stay over there and that's fine. But some of our patients have very specific needs that like the other, you know, not everyone can like deal with. So yeah. I mean like anything, but this was this was our turn. And mm. so I was like my coworker was assigned the patient and I was like, "Oh, we are going. I have to go see it. I need to know what it's like over there." <laughs> oh, so you had never been. No. Oh, it's my God. great. Tell it's me about it. It's not as luxurious as you would expect because it was built a little bit older. Sure. But it's like walking into a grand hotel. Oh my god. And it's a hospital room, but it's got, like, nice, like, the fake hardwood floors instead of Mm -hmm. the stupid tile. Mm -hmm. And um, giant, like, enormous private room Mm -hmm. with a sleeper couch for the family, which Mm -hmm. I know is standard in many hospitals now, but not in this, like, oldest shit hospital that I work in. Right. And there's only, like, maybe ten rooms, maybe Mm -hmm. less. And, like, you know, just the outside is just, like, it's carpeted in the hallway and everything is like a nice light wood and they have like a waiting area with fresh fruit and like a giant fancy coffee machine that Mm. the families can go sit in Mm. and there's all these people like waiter type people walking around in like fancy like black and white uniforms oh really and yeah and i was like can i have a cookie like am i allowed (laughs) to take these things (laughs) they had like a chocolate croissant and like a cream puff and i was like i need a cream puff oh my god And Brian was like, don't get us kicked out. Like, I want to be over here. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. That's so It was funny. wild. I mean, like, and there was a nurse sitting there charting, and I wanted to pull her aside and be like, what's it like? But, uh... <laughs> and are you hiring? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is too funny. But, I, you crazy. know, I'm sure it's like that at whatever that celebrity hospital is in L.A., like Cedar sinai or whatever that is. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is. I... Uh, well, and, and in D.C., whatever hospital the president goes to, there's, like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But can you yeah, imagine, can like, they've got to have a nurse there, right? Like, somebody's got to be that nurse. Yeah. For the president. How do you become the nurse well, for the president? I don't know. 
We should. Does no anybody idea. know? Can you guys write well, us in? You mean like his personal people, or do you mean like at the hospital? No, at the hospital. I don't want to be his personal I, person. No, the personal. Yeah, because the personal people are like army people. Um, well, I it's probably would imagine army there's nurse. like. Do you think there's like an A team and a B team, like depending on what shift you're on? <laughs> I don't. Know. I know from the West Wing what they do. Oh, really? I don't watch the show. What is it? Well, you can't watch it anymore. It's long off the air. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything's like available on like Hulu and Netflix. Stop it's available it. on Netflix. Highly recommended. It's an amazing show. <laughs> um, so he gets shot, and they take him to GW, and the um, they call ahead to the nurse, head, like the chief nurse in the ER, who like they all knew the lingo. And so he called in the code or the trauma or whatever, and she pressed a button that, like, set off this, like, very specific, like, sounding alarm. Mm -hmm. And so they got everyone mobilized. So I don't know if everyone had been trained or, or, you know, knew what to do. Because my hospital had um, a a very important person of the world come through the city. Mm -hmm. And they had to have, like, a prep team, like a 24-hour oh, yeah. prep team for, like, if sure. anything were to happen. So of I bet course. they have some kind of, like, thing in place for some, like, if, you know, for that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. Well, all you listeners, write us in and tell us how we become nurses for the president at the hospital. Yeah, and if anyone's ever taken care of a celebrity, I kind of want to hear Oh, we want to hear about it. You don't have to drop names. We just want to know, no, like, what the experience Don't drop names, because we can't read it anyway, because of stupid fucking HIPAA. But HIPAA. we... But we want to hear about it. Yeah. We want to know were if they, they were nice? Were they terrible cute? or nice? Do celebrities make terrible patients? Ooh, I oh. bet some do. Well, I'm sure it's like don't. anybody. Some do, yeah. some don't. <laughs> I mean, some terrible, like, you know, n- nobody people make terrible patients too. So that's, you know. <laughs> um, okay, well, bringing this back around real quick because we are like running out of time here. So we didn't really talk that much about nurses being terrible patients, but we told a couple stories. Do you have anything you want to like put in to wrap up or. Mm. Or, like, how nurses make the worst... I think nurses make worse visitors than they do patients. I agree with that. It's the worst, too, when it's, like, a family member that can't be there for some reason. And so it's, like, the wife or the husband of the patient trying to talk to you through this family member who's asking a lot of questions that they don't really know. Like, daughter told me to ask you this. And I'm like, well... I can't, like, do you want to get her on the phone? Like, this isn't right. great. But no, as pay, I guess, because I'm the one that, like, thought of this topic, and now that I'm thinking about it, like, the nurses I've taken care of have been actually fine. It's been the family <laughs> members. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta restart. Never mind. <laughs> no, but I will say, healthcare providers in general don't make great visitors. No. And, you know, you ask a lot of questions, and honestly, you know... But could you... But there's no other way to do it, because I'm going to tell you what, like, as a visitor of a loved one, I want to know what's going on, and my family member is not... doesn't have the medical wherewithal to hold that conversation. Even though, like, my dad, for example, he's a very intelligent man, but he doesn't have the medical knowledge to have a medical conversation with you, and I do. So... I want to advocate... It's a system set up for the patient to not really be able to succeed in that way. Well, Because you don't I mean, know the right questions to ask. I mean, maybe, but that's why people that are, like, in healthcare, you find them advocating for their loved one. Maybe that's why they make such annoying visitors. Yeah, because they no, are totally really advocating. That. You know, and it's and a good I, reminder I, as I people who work there, like... You, we all know what goes on behind the scenes. We know all the billion conversations that have been had. Mm-hmm. We've read all the chart notes. 
But to them, it's like a slew of people who seemingly haven't spoken to one another. Usually haven't. You know, and and he, they're getting whisked off to a test they didn't know they were mm-hmm. get, getting, or they've been NPO for two days because the tests keep getting pushed back, and nobody's right. telling them that, and they're waiting and waiting. Right. They think they're being discharged. No, they're not. Things are changing. Right. And like the communication is so incredibly poor. Yeah. And so, even as a family member who knows that, it's so frustrating when you're sitting there, like, what the f- is the fucking problem? Yeah. Like, if one more doctor comes in this room to ask the same question, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> yeah, I understand completely. But I maybe that's really the bottom line of it is just that healthcare people are advocating for their loved one. And that's why they become more annoying because they're mm-hmm. they're more in your business of taking care of the patient. I don't know. But yeah, I can't they, say I can't say I blame them. On. Yeah. I can't either. That's so. the moral of the story. The moral of the story so maybe is... maybe use it as a barometer. I mean, some people are just baseline really annoying. That's just yeah. life. But maybe it's a reminder that we need to, like, do better. Maybe. All right. And Ashlyn, you pull it together, girl, over there. Okay? G- listen, go be a bedside nurse, Ashlyn, please. It's important. <laughs> all right. We love we love you all. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> you guys, guys have a great week. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.